0: You are listening to audio from Normandy Community Church in Dallas. Good morning. How's everybody? Good, good, good. Um, Let's pray here to start out. Can I sit down? Can I do the sit down thing? This is very uh, different. Does this look different? Can you see me over the podium? Um, So one of the things I love about having kids is... You know, when you start teaching them and raising them in the Lord, uh, you start giving them the basics, you know, and you, you know, the basics, like Jesus is Lord and, and all this stuff, and God lives inside of you, and I've just found, as I've been, been walking my kids through some of the basics, how profound it is, um, you know, stuff like, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it, and so can we just take a little bit of time and prayer here in the beginning, just turn our hearts, our affections to the Lord, Remind. Uh, I know for me, I don't know about you, but but stuff uh, can weigh me down, uh, like like finances or relationships or uh, meetings I have coming up, and I have to frequently exchange in my heart. I have to remind myself and the Lord that He's Lord. Anyone else? It, like if you believe in your heart that that Jesus is Lord, you confess it with your mouth unto salvation. We believe in our heart unto righteousness, but we open our mouths and say it unto salvation. And and I, I believe that takes place in every area of our lives. It's not just when you get born again. Amen. Like you may believe God's Lord of your finances, but it takes you saying, God, you're Lord of my finances. I give you these issues. And when you say it, what you believe in your heart then becomes a reality and you experience the promise that he gave you through the gospel. Amen. So let's just take a few minutes, and with your own words, uh, I'm going to pray, but, but you pray, and let's just, let's offload on the Lord, because I guarantee you, if you came in here uh, feeling tired or anxious or worried, uh, it's because you're Lord in those areas. It's real simple. If you have anxiety or fear or worry, it's because you have become Lord in that area. It's impossible to have anxiety or fear when Jesus is Lord because blessed are the people whose God is Lord. And so let's just remind ourselves maybe what we confessed some years ago um, that Jesus is Lord. So let's just turn our hearts to Him uh, in this moment. So Lord, we come to You uh, as Your kids, Lord, and we humble ourselves before You today. And we acknowledge, God, that You're our Father. We thank You for that place of of connection with You, that, that we've been born of You, Father, through Jesus, through His death, through His burial, through His resurrection, we've been born again to a living hope through the living and abiding Word of God. Thank You for filling us with the Holy Spirit. Thank You for washing us, Jesus, in Your own blood and making us kings and priests for Your glory. So, Jesus, we come to you this morning, and you said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, Jesus, we tell you, uh, Lord, in every area of our life, we need that yoke. We need that burden. God, I pray for John and Casey, Lord, that they would take this this yoke, this heaviness, Lord, that can be the, the NICU, and they would just lay it at your feet. You extend your grace to him and to Casey and to Leon this morning, their whole family, God, that your grace would be upon them, that a deep rest would enter their soul in this season. God, and of all of us, we just bring that thing. Let's just take a minute and bring that thing or those things and just say, Jesus, you're Lord of my finances, you're Lord of my kids, you're Lord of my marriage, you're Lord of this sin habit that I can't seem to overcome. Jesus, you're Lord. I just, I give it back to you this morning. Just take a minute, just with your own words, and make it personal. So Jesus, we just say, have your way this morning with us. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We ask that your kingdom would come, Lord. Your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray for bodies. I pray for minds. I pray for spirits. I pray there would be a mighty collision of righteousness, peace, and joy would come and rule and reign in this place. This morning, God, everything that is contrary to your kingdom, it would bow violently to the name of Jesus. God, we just, we just pray a great establishing of your kingdom, of your honor. We exalt you, Jesus. We just declare in this place, you are Lord, have your way. Let every effect of the fall of man be put underneath your feet. Let everyone that can hear my voice uh, just be, be uh, encounter the love of Jesus, the love of the Father, by the power of your Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I... Um, I love you guys, I love this place, Um, I always feel like this is just family uh, here, I've known John and Preston and Sean for, in so many of you for many years back when they met in John Hinckley's apartment downtown, Uh, it was just a bunch of guys, Uh, it was, that was troublesome. Beautiful and troublesome, um, and so I just have so much love for you guys, um, and I want to tell you this: I, I don't. I was telling John we had breakfast this morning, um, so I, I get to have the privilege of just traveling and, and preaching the gospel. It is literally my life's joy. I consider it just a privilege to uh, to preach the gospel, and I've given my life to that. And um, but I I don't I don't just like to come and speak and preach. I really like to. Uh, and my wife is the same way we 're like highlands people we 're born and raised here. My mom and sister are here, but um, we I want to open our hearts to you guys um, again, I know pastorally like like John was saying there's just if there 's need if even even if stuff today uh, if you want to process stuff going in your, going on in your life uh, we 'll give you our numbers, our emails, whatever just reach out to us we 're here. Uh, I know you may not know us we 're mostly normal. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we would love just to, just to walk with you guys. Like, we, we, we love you guys. We love this church, and we believe in you. We believe in what you're doing and the, and the call of God on this church. Um, and so we just want to, it's our way of saying, yes, I don't do that everywhere I go, um, but I really do love you guys and want to offer our lives just to you. Is that cool? Yeah. So I hope you take us up on that. Um, I know my wife would love that. Um, so, Christy, stand up and just say hi so hi. people know who you are. Oh, you got the baby. Yeah. And that's our little seven-week-old. Seven, six, seven weeks, Joshua James. We named him after our Indian friend, uh, Indian evangelist, Joshua David. So we're thankful. Um, Well, this morning I want to talk about, you can open your Bibles to Romans 5. We're going to cover some scripture, if that's okay, uh, quite a bit. I'm going to give you some practicals uh, that will hopefully... um, like like the rubber can meet the road. I know John, uh, I wrote a book, and, and John told me, he said, hey, I, I loved your book. He said, but I wish I wish you gave me more, like, practicals. Like, there's some good truths. Anyone feel like that? Sometimes when people speak, there's some big concepts, and then you just don't know how to, you don't know what to do. Amen. It's like, well, what do I do? That's great, but what do I do? Um, and and I, so I'm going to give you some of that. So hang tight. That'll be at the end. Um, But I wanted to talk about, it's a concept that that the Lord uh, has been speaking to me about uh, quite a bit. And it's this idea of being productive or being fruitful. And uh, I know for a lot of us the way of the world and what I've seen is in Christianity, if we're not careful, it, it kind of can go the way of the world. There can be this cultural Christianity that I believe exists in America. It exists everywhere, to be honest. But, but American cultural Christianity has a, a hint of capitalism to it. Are you with me? It's kind of like the harder I work as a Christian, the more Christian fruit I will produce, the more spiritual discipline I have, the more holy I will be. The more I share the gospel, the more Christian service I do, the better. The the more pleased God will be. Can anyone relate with that type of thinking? Yes. I know I can. Um, and it's the reason uh, God speaks to me. So, so this this message is coming from my heart. It's coming from experience. I'm not talking as though everyone else has this issue. I, I'm going to speak with authority this morning uh, because it's something that I've walked through and I'm still walking through. Amen? Yeah. Um, so this is a very real issue, I think, in the church um, where we, it, it's, a, it's a way that we think. It's a way that we orient ourselves. It's this idea that we have to be productive for God. And I, and I wrote this. I said... Um, if we as Christians orient, our, orient ourselves around being productive, we become impersonal tools in the hand of a distant God to accomplish a cold and mysterious will. We typically compare our usefulness to someone else, and inevitably we fall short in our comparison. Anyone been there? Yeah. Like, like we've, we've said that, Lord, I, let me be a tool in your hand. And if you've prayed that, I, I get the heart's pure, the heart is good, but, but a tool is a lifeless object. A tool is, a, is an inanimate object that has no living force. It's not, it's not unique in any way. It's just this, it's this functional piece of equipment to accomplish a task. And I believe in the church we've gotten so accustomed to relating to God that way. I, I'll never forget, my friend came from Brazil. Uh, he, he wandered into the upper room, which is our home church. And he had been in America for two weeks, and he was just—he uh, on a work thing here, but he, was, he told me he was on mission here. And he, and he said this very honestly. He said, I've been to, to several churches since I've been here. And he says, something very strange I noticed here in America. And I said, well, what is it? And he says, you treat God like he's your boss. And I said, wow. This was his assessment after two weeks in the American church never having been to America, he says, you, you treat God as if he's your boss, like you're working for him. And I said, man, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty rough. But as I thought about it, I thought, man, that, I've had that temptation in my life. I've had that temptation to go, man, I want to work for God. I want to accomplish something. And so as I began to pray into this and see some of the just the the woes of, of that thinking, you get tired, you get exhausted and you, you start comparing yourself to those in vocational ministry. And inevitably, you don't feel like you're doing enough. Like, we've defined Christian ministry, we've defined it so narrow as the guy with the microphone. Or as the missionary overseas. We, that's how we've defined, because we've celebrated that. And I don't think we've done it on purpose. No one would say, like, that's how we're defining it. But we have defined it by not acknowledging the other forms of ministry. By, by not acknowledging the, uh, you advancing the kingdom in your unique way. Are you with me? Does this make sense? Yeah. And so there's that quote that goes around. It's, it's, Albert Einstein is given credit for it, but I, I looked it up. I don't think it's his. But it's a great quote. He says this, Everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Have you all heard that quote? It says, everyone's a genius, but if, you, if that fish begins to say that the only genius is, is the monkey who can climb a tree then he's going to think, he, he can swim better than anyone, but you put him on a tree, you're going, man, this is, this is messed up. And I, I feel this has happened in the church. We've, we've started highlighting these people, these men of God, women of God, and we've said, this is what a Christian looks like. And then all of a sudden, we feel less than because we're not manifesting Christ in the same way that they are. And so, and so I began to pray into that, and I said, Lord, you know, then what's, what's your way? And he began to talk to me about fruitfulness. He began to talk to me about design and the power of God's design and the power of, of, of his creation uh, through us, not just in the beginning, but through the gospel. You guys, if you know me, man, you know me. I'm passionate about the gospel. I'm passionate about what the gospel uh, opens up for us. I feel like we've undersold the gospel to believers like we've we've presented it to the lost, but then we've said, okay, now the church, we're going to stop preaching the gospel. We're going to give you some kind of some self help tips here. And I know that's not across the board, but but I feel like that's what we've done. And the gospel actually provides all that we need. Like there's enough in there. It, it is so all encompassing and so good. And so um, part of the good news, part of the gospel is the kingdom way. The, the way God works is fruitfulness. It works uh, via design. And as I told you in Romans 5.17, let's read that. Did you guys open there? Are you there? You got your Bibles? Romans 5.17 says this. It says, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I'm going to read it again. For if because of one man's trespass or sin, death reigned through that one man, which was Adam, so death reigned through Adam, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? My heart for you this morning and and my promise to you is that God's desire is that you would reign in life. Reign in life. You know what reigning in life means? You see, if we don't stop and unpack these phrases, it becomes, it becomes head knowledge. Like reigning in life to me looks like waking up every single morning with a joyful anticipation of good happening towards you. It looks like waking up in dominion over sin. It looks like waking up loving your wife and loving your husband. Waking up loving your kids. Waking up in righteousness, peace, and joy and having this sense of, of dominion over everything that would try to afflict you hopelessness, despair, anxiety, panic, pain, sickness, disease. Reigning in life looks like having dominion through Christ over all of those things uh, that, that, that produce death in us. This, this is the, uh, biblically, this is like the normal for a Christian. Reigning in life is like Christian normal, like, like an apple tree God's designed. What comes off of an apple tree? Apples, right? Apples come off of an apple tree. Guess what comes off of a Christian? Joy, peace. All the fruits of the Spirit are just normal fruits of the Spirit. See, we, we've taught that walking by the Spirit is a reward for, for saying no to the flesh. We, we've said it's the means. Well, if you want to not walk according to the flesh, well, then you need to walk by the Spirit. It's not what the Bible says. He says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Walking by the Spirit is the means to being free from your flesh. It's not the goal that you get because you said no to your flesh. You can't say no to your flesh. Come on. You can't be better. You can't, you can't, you can't be any better than you are. So, So... This is the way of God's kingdom. It is so crazy. If you get this, your mind will be blown. You'll leave this place so full of joy, so full of life. And this, and this rest will come into your soul. And you go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I've been living under this yoke this whole time. He says this. He says, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, these are the ones who are going to reign in life hold on God, you're telling me all I have to do is receive two gifts and then I'm going to reign? The way I reign in life, not in heaven one day, it's not what he says. He says reign in life through Jesus Christ. How many of you would like to reign in life? How many of you are completely dominating reigning in life through Jesus Christ right now? You're like, you wake up and you're like, I'm, yes, praise God. Some of you, it's okay to raise your hand. It's okay. It's, that's like where we're going. If we can't get there, then if we can't, if that's like, oh, we'll never get there, brother. No, no wrong. (laughs) Through the gospel, by faith, by the spirit, through Jesus, that's where our hearts should be. We should go, man, you know what? Why, why not tomorrow? If I receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, my Bible says that I can reign in life. Uh Uh-oh. You mean, so you don't have to, well, brother, you don't know how long I've been wrestling this thing. Oh, no, you don't know how long I've been trying to overcome this thing. No, you you just, maybe you don't know how the kingdom works. Maybe you've been trying so hard and that's why you've been wrestling so long. And all God's saying is, hey, if you'll actually just receive these two gifts, it's my created design. It's the way God's kingdom works. It it is so backwards to the way we want to do things. And I really want to unpack that this morning because it's really important that we understand God's design. Because if we don't, we're going to, we're not going to be good gardeners. I view myself as a gardener. Like what I'm doing here, like but the Bible says some water, some sow. So I'm hopefully sowing and doing some watering. Amen? Like that's how I view my life. And so I, I garden in the natural as well. Hopefully I'm better at spiritually gardening. Uh, my garden is frail right now. got some peppers and basil and that's about it. Um. But, but so if we, don't, if we don't understand how it works, if you're completely clueless in gardening and you don't know that the seed goes into soil and it needs water and sunlight, guess what? Nothing's going to grow. And if your spirit doesn't know how to cultivate an environment that the kingdom of God grows and Christ is manifest, you will not experience the promise of the gospel. I assure you, if you try to approach Christianity like the way of the world and apply Uh, worldly principles to your Christianity because it seems right it won't work but what I'm going to share with you this morning I I can tell you this with with like and don't hopefully you don't take this the wrong way this will work people say it's not a formula there is there are certain things that work if you fast guess what's going to happen what's what what will happen if you fast for an extended period of time on water alone what will happen you will lose weight you can't tell me it, it's, it's, it's physics. You will lose weight. Your body will begin to consume fat for energy, and you will lose that fat. It will go bye-bye. Okay? So, so what I'm talking about this morning is, is God revealed principles according to His design that will produce Christian fruit and allow you to reign in life. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So here's the thing. You start out with two gifts called grace and righteousness. One is the environment... That he puts you in, and the other is your identity. Righteousness now becomes your identity, and grace becomes the environment in which that identity can thrive. Right? Grace is not this bypass to get you out of sin. The only reason we talk like that and we still want to put the law is because we don't understand righteousness. I tell people all the time, my righteous nature will confine me to good behavior more than the law ever could. Think about it. If you accept the gift of of righteousness, if every one of you this morning said, okay, God, you've given me through Christ the gift of righteousness, and I'm going to take ownership of that, guess what? It would be like saying, I'm accepting, I'm going to do an extreme example. I'm accepting that you're making me a monkey. You're going to make me, uh, you're changing my nature from a human to a monkey. Well, if I accept that, what am I going to start doing? I'm going to start acting like a monkey. I'm going to start behaving like a monkey. Right? So if I accept righteousness, guess what? If I'm, you know what? I'm going to take ownership of that. Guess what? I'm going to start walking righteously by the grace of God. But when you start putting demands and you start putting the law on, on us who have been born again, you, 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 you suck the air out of the environment. So grace is air and righteousness is the seed. Are you with me? It's the Christ-likeness that you get by the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? Yeah. This is God's design. It's His created order. This is how He set up Christianity and for us to reign in life. Okay? It's going to get practical, I promise. So Jesus said in John 15, 5, He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, he it it is that bears much fruit. For apart from Me you can do nothing. We've heard that, right? So, and I'm going to read this one here. John 15:8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So God gives us two things. He gives us uh, righteousness which is the seed. It's where all of your Christian behavior will come from. Picture planting a seed in the ground. Okay? Put, put a seed in the soil. And, and within that seed, guess what? Contains everything needed for it to fulfill its purpose. In God's created order, what has He created that has to try to be what He created it to be? Can you think of one thing that God created by the breath of His mouth that has to try to be what He created it to be? That has to have effort to be what He created it to be? Can you think of one thing that's like, you know, an apple tree is like, ooh, i got to make apples. A tiger is like, ooh! I got to be a tiger today. No, God's design is powerful. His DNA is powerful. Guess what? We as Christians, when we get born again, you get a DNA, you get a new DNA. You don't have the old DNA. You have a new one. You have a new seed that within it contains everything to accomplish everything that you were created to do. Within the seed of the Holy Spirit, this is so liberating. He put the seed in there. He says, hey, it's all in there. It's all in there. So all you have to do is abide. You know what abiding means? Abiding is not a work. Abiding just means stay where he put you. Don't leave where he put you. Where did he put you? He put you in fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Don't leave. That's abiding. Abiding is not this labor. It's just... Just stay there. Just stay where he puts you in fellowship. When you got born again, the moment you said, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life, forgive my sins. You, you got born again and you were put into fellowship with the Godhead and you actually became a member of Christ's own body. Are you with me? So if, if he's the vine and we're the branches, there's this connection that we have with him through DNA. It means we're now of the same DNA of Christ. This is the picture he paints everywhere in Scripture. John 1, he gives us the right to be born of God. 1 Peter, partakers of the divine nature. 2 Corinthians five seventeen, the old is gone. You're a brand new creation. Like we've been born again, 1 Peter, through the living and abiding word of God. Like there is a shift and we now become connected, one spirit and one flesh with the living God. This is where our power comes from. This is where all of our, like your dominion over sin, your breakthrough, your victory, your healing, like your, your marriage, the struggle, the, feel, the, the fatigue, all of that comes from your connection with God. One, like, like connection. Are you with me? Yeah. So, so he says, okay, here's my design. This, this atmosphere, the grace is the air. It's like, that's the air we, we breathe in. That's called Grace. The seed that goes into the soil, that's your righteousness. That's the Holy Spirit. That's now your new identity. And now, uh, how many of you know there's only like a few things needed for a seed that's in soil to grow? What's needed? What are some of the things needed? Water and sun. And, and I guess the soil is the third one we're going to focus on. So, so look at uh, Ephesians 5.29. We're going to unpack this, and I'm going to give you some practical things, the way that you can cause that seed to grow in your life. Is that good? All righty. Ephesians 5.29. This is going to be a massive shift for a lot of us. It says this, For no one, say "no no one, ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. i am say it again. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. This is one of my absolute favorite scriptures in, in all of the Bible. He says, listen, Christ has postured himself to cherish you, and to nourish you all the days of your life for this one reason, because you've now become a member of his own body. It's in his self-interest to both nourish, which is, I believe is a physical strengthening of the bread of life to you. He offers his physical self to nourish your physical body. Nourishment has to do with your physical human body. I believe that with all of my heart. It is in, people say, well, you know, the greatest, you know, I get the greatest miracles that we go to heaven. I don't believe Jesus, we misrepresent the gospel when we say a physical healing was less than someone getting delivered of a demon or following Jesus. He didn't think that way. He didn't think, well, this is a lesser miracle here. And I'm, you know, he, he has concern for the whole body, soul and spirit. Like he, he covered all of it. He didn't diminish one. He never said, well, I'm going to heal you, brother. It's not as important. You know, the main thing is this. He did it all. It, it, it was all important to him. In, in Matthew 15, or I believe it's in Matthew 15, he has this massive healing crusade. Thousands come to him to be healed of their physical diseases. And then the next verse says, and then he had compassion on them because they were hungry. Did y'all catch that? He heals the blind, the lame, the crippled. And then it says, and then something in his heart even rose up even more. He's like, man, you know what? We've been having this healing meeting, this crusade, and I bet they're hungry. He cared about their physical hunger enough to go, man, let's go ahead and feed these guys. Are you with me? And so Jesus' heart, his posture this morning, I don't care where you're at, just you can tune in here. His hard impostures, he said, I don't, you may have screwed up, you may have been this. I I want to cherish and nourish you because here's how my created design is gonna come out and be fruitful through you. Like if he if the father's the vine dresser and he's looking at this vine connected in Jesus, he's looking at it, he's not going, Man, I cannot believe you're not bearing fruit. Why don't you get your prunes out and prune yourself? Why don't you get your pruning shears? Come on, man, prune yourself. And I'm telling you, the father, the father was dealing with me. He said, Son, every time you introspect, every time you start nitpicking at what you don't think you're doing and supposed to be doing, you're not trusting me as the vine dresser. And he says, It's actually a form of rebellion. When you introspect and you start exalting your failures, you're going, you know what? I don't trust you, vine dresser, and I don't trust your design. I don't trust the DNA that you gave me through Christ, the Holy Spirit. I don't trust you. I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to be Lord of my life. I'm going to grip my teeth and bear it. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to start applying these spiritual principles because I know what to do. Because I can do that. I can do that. That's going to make this better. Really? How's that working? What if we just said, you know what, God, thank you for putting me in the sun. Thank you for connecting me permanently through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm one spirit with the living God. God, there's this behavior, there's this fear and anxiety that's manifesting in my life. But I thank you that you're a faithful vine dresser. So go ahead and just prune it, Dad. Just prune it off of my life. I yield to you. You're a faithful father. And so I just thank you that that my life is marked with peace, that the DNA you've given me is only peace and joy. And if anything doesn't line up with your kingdom, God, I give you full permission to prune it. I don't care how bad it hurts. Just take it away, God. Just prune it from my life. And I just yield to you. And as we do that in fellowship, we're trusting him. God, thank you for the abundance of grace today. Thank you for making me a new creation. I received those two gifts. I refused. I'm not going to not reign in life anymore. Some of us have to come to that place. Like, you know what? I'm tired of getting beat down by life. I'm tired of being a victim. If there's one thing that gets me fired up, because this is my life story, and I I will get passionate about this. Man, this whole thing of Christians playing victims from their circumstances because of your marriage, because of this job situation, and there's this just whining crying victim thing i get fired up i i know what you're going through is real and it's painful but man what what we're doing is we're just in direct rebellion and defiance to the gospel and what he's done on our behalf I mean, complete just saying, you know what, God? I know you've made me one with Christ. I know I've been born again. I know I have, I have access to the Father, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forego all of that, and I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to be a victim, and I'm going to complain, and I'm going to be mad at you for not doing anything. And this place is death. This is where death reigns. And God says, hey, I gave you two gifts. I gave you two gifts called grace, abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. And if you just take them, you can come over here and you can reign over all of that. Your life may not be peachy right away. But I'm telling you, what will happen is that sin that was coming against you, that was causing you to then sin, it will actually stop causing you to sin, and the righteousness in you will begin to cause that person who's sinning against you to actually come in contact with the kingdom, which is way more powerful. And all of a sudden, your circumstance changes, not because they change, but because you change, and rivers of living water begin to flood everyone around you. Come on, what if we were all walking Harvey's? Hurricane Harvey's that just flooded everything for the kingdom of God. Like, like Harvey in the natural created this devastation and everything ceased because this freaking storm just sat on Houston. What if you walked into a room and realized that, that, that Jesus the King was in you by the Holy Spirit and he said, hey, you know what, I actually want to take over this room. I actually want to take over your marriage. I want to take over this office environment. Why don't you just open your belly and let the rivers of living water flow? Yeah. You're not like a little trickle faucet and just like, oh, hopefully a couple drops come for the people, you know, and just take a little sip here out of my, you know, my cup is dry. No, rivers of living water, not because we're super Christians, but because God has done an amazing work to put us in fellowship with the Godhead and give us access to this river that we don't earn, we don't get to stir it up and, oh, look at me. No, we're just, we're just honoring the gospel. We're honoring what Christ has done by saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and receive full access for free because you love me, and I'm just going to let the river flow. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And this is our inheritance. This is the new norm. This isn't like... Radical Christianity. This is just normal. This is what he paid for. And so, and so God has given us three things. I'm going to jump down. So with this seed and with this air, he says, okay, you're going to need sunlight, you're going to need soil, and you're, you're going to need water. And these are the three ways that he cherishes us and nourishes us. And here's where you're going to get practical. If you want to take notes, you can make this a 30-day challenge. I know some of you type A. Like Ephesians 2.10, look, get it, I get it. We were created in him for good works. So working's not bad. Hear me, you were created to work. It's in your design to work. But if you're not working from your design, you're gonna be miserable. And you've gotta understand his design. And I'm telling you, these things I'm gonna give you, it will cause kingdom fruit to explode in your life. I may not be a good gardener, but I'm telling you, this works. This works. It's it's gonna work like it's science. If you put if I put a seed in water, it's gonna come up. It's gonna bear fruit. Give it time. Give it sun, water, soil, and air. That thing will grow. And here's where my confidence is. It's in the spirit of God. And if you put the spirit of God, if you put the right, if you partner with His design, my goodness, you're gonna see an explosion of God in your life. I'm telling you, it's not even like, well, brother, you don't know if this is going to happen. No, I do know because it's God and I trust his design and I've seen the power of his design. Man, just look at the created world. Look at how powerful His design is. You have no idea the power of the Spirit of God inside of you. And if you do these things and begin to... I'm like, I sound like an infomercial now. If you do these three things, I'm telling you, I, I, can, I can guarantee, I will check up in 30 days. Money back guarantee, 30 days from now, if you don't see an explosion of God, then Jesus isn't Lord. Amen? So, so here's, the, here's the three things. So the sunlight is Jesus. It's time in His presence. If the seed needs sunlight, then it's actually intimacy with Jesus. Now, here's your three ways to, ha- to, to engage Jesus. There's countless, there's many. I'm going to give you three this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. So write these down. Stillness. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. You can actually shade yourself from the sun of His presence through busyness. So you say, well, what do I do, brother? What do you mean stillness? I mean stillness. I mean, this is what it looks like. I'm going to just, can we get practical? Go find a quiet place and do this. he said, well, how's that going to make me rain in life? The same way the apple tree just sits there. You see the apple tree? He's just smiling. Sun's coming down. Oh, God's design's taking over. See him striving? See him striving to make apples? What if the world saw us no longer striving to be Christians? We're the only people that tries to be what he created us to be. We're the only creatures that do it. Not even non-believers. They're sin out of because that's their nature. They're not trying to sin. They're just doing it. Christians are the only one that try to be what God created them to be. It's madness. So, so stillness, Psalm 46.10, you can write that down. Time in stillness in His presence will cause that seed to begin to grow. Don't, you don't have to measure it, do 10 minutes, do an hour, it doesn't matter. Just stillness in His presence, amen? Uh, Lamentations 3.25-26 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It may not feel intuitive and your flesh will panic, I promise you. Your flesh will panic. But you may have an issue and a problem, and God just says, hey, here's how we're going to deal with the problem. I'm telling you, that that one alone may be enough. It may be enough, but I'm going to give you a lot more, okay? So that's number one. Number two is worship. John four twenty four. He's the Father's looking for those who worship and in spirit and truth. When you spend time worshiping God, you, you're literally letting the sun. Sh- you're opening yourself up to the sun. Okay. Again, this is the seed analogy. Picture yourself as that your spirit man is like this little. Maybe it's a little shoot, and we're hoping it's going to become an oak of righteousness. Okay. This can happen. So, just time and worship it will cause that thing to grow. That's how you get sunlight, okay? If you neglect these things, I can assure you that death will still reign in your life. It's guaranteed. It works the same way. If you neglect stillness, worship, time in the Word, all these things I'm going to say, then what, what, you're, what you're making room for is still the way of the world and the way of man, and it will produce death, right? It's just, it's spiritual physics, okay? That's John four twenty four. So stillness, worship, and then time in the Word. John 5.39, Jesus said, you search the scriptures diligently because you think in them is eternal life. But these scriptures testify of me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. It's John 5.39. So when you come to the scriptures, you're coming to the Lord. Are you with me? So that's actually how you get time in the presence of God. Time in the word is not just, it can be time in the word if you just come to it as the word. But when you open your word, you say, Lord, I'm coming to you right now. And I know that that out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth spoke these words. I, I remind myself that. You guys know that scripture Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The word of God is the overflow of God's heart towards us. And if you can remind yourself of that, it will make it not just words on a page, but it will make it a heartfelt message to you. Amen? So time in His Word, time, actual time in the Word of God, reading it, coming to Jesus in the Word, is a way to expose your spirit, man, to the sunlight, which will cause that DNA to grow. You with me? Again, this is saturated in the environment of the abundance of grace. This isn't a law. It's not like... Da, 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 but this is how you partner with God's design, His created order, to see fruit in your life that you've been longing to see. You with me? That's number one. Okay? Those three things. That's That's, that's sunlight, which is Jesus. Number two is the soil. The seed needs soil, and that's community. Okay? Now, this church does community better than... I think any church I've I've ever been to and I mean that it's an anointing on this house and I think you guys are incredibly powerful in in your in your connection here uh, I'm going to preach into the choir but I'm going to give you three again very practical very basic things how you can continue to grow in this amen so if you're not in soil if that seed has sunlight and water but it's not in soil what's going to happen it's not going to work so the soil is this, Confession, James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So again, practically, just have times of confession. Have a friend, have a spouse, have someone that you're confessing. In, 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 this, let's renew our mind around this. This may just be, Hey guys, I'm, I have, I've been a lot of fear and anxiety. Let's call sin, sin. Amen? Let's just, it's not necessarily like just the pornographies or these big things that we try to hide and, and that we are like, ah, uh, like we let it build up until it defiles our soul enough that we want to confess it, right? This is about soil. This is about connection. And there's something about regular confession about where your heart's at to one another that allows the spirit of God to nurture that seed and cause Christ likeness to come out. We cannot do this alone. This isn't about just you. This is about connectedness. So confession, number one. Number two, fellowship. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In the blood of Jesus, His Son purifies us from all sin. You ever seen that connection between just fellowship, just being in the light? Not necessarily with sin, but just with your whole life. With goodness, with with everything. Just be in the light with your brothers and sisters. Be intentional about being in the light. And through that, this connection, again, that seed of God begins to grow and get nurtured through the soil of community. I've got four of them. Doesn't bother me. Okay? Are you with me? So you, this is so important, guys. This is as practical as I can get, and I promise you it'll work. Like, As you're taking these notes, the Lord, I believe, is speaking to some of you on how to do these things, who to do them with, right? He's already given you. Some of you, raise your hand. The Lord already spoke to you when you're going to do stillness, when you're going to have time in the Word. Yeah, look, he's speaking right now. He's saying, hey, yeah, yeah, do this, do this, okay? So we've got confession, we've got fellowship. That, That looks like connection, time together, okay? It may not look like it's going to work. You may say, I'm busy. I need to get this done. God says, no, do fellowship. That's going to produce more fruit. Some of you are forsaking fellowship because of this. I feel the Lord on this. Some of you are forsaking time with your friends and fellowship because you actually think you have to get more done than you have to. And the thing you're actually wanting to have happen is going to come through connection with people that doesn't really have a purpose or connection to your job or business. I feel the Lord, this is like, I'm like, wait a minute. He's saying, slow down on this one. Some of you have exalted, you, you, you have, and this is the, the keynote that your mind is geared around productivity and not fruitfulness. It is the ultimate, like, it'll befuddle you. you. You'll see that actually through connection with brothers and sisters that may not look like it's productive and fruitful. Some of you might have even said that. You, you've actually judged your time because you're not getting anything done. And you're not accomplishing any kingdom purpose. You're just being together, and you've judged it as unworthy of your time, and you've actually stopped meeting. And the Lord says, No, no, no! Don't do that. Be together. Just be together. And 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 the kingdom stuff will come. I promise. The kingdom stuff will come. It will come in its season. The, The the trees, you know, they bear fruit in their season. And in the kingdom, they actually bear fruit every year, which is awesome. Lord, bring us there. Twelve months a the year, they bear fruit. The river of the water of life makes them bear twelve months of the year. not that awesome? No more seasons. Some of y'all have been hiding in that season game. Well, the season, it's the season. <laughs> that stuff can wear me out, man, because we can stay in our seasons. We've become the weatherman of our own spirituality. <laughs> That stuff's whack, man. I get it. Like, if you're in a desert season, then come out 40 days later in the power of the Spirit. I mean, that's not mean, is it? Some of y'all have been in that desert season. You've been playing that tune for a while. And it's time to just come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? I mean that in love. <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended you. Okay, last one. We got we got to get to where we're going. Um, the last one is encouragement. This one's going to be. This one is a real challenge, and I'm I'm putting this one on you. I'm I'm this is I'm sticking this one to you. Okay, I'm like a I, I played sports, so I like the you know do this every day for 30 days, see what happens. Hebrews three, 3 thirteen. But encourage one another daily. Say daily. That means every day. So do that every day, as long as it's called today. That's kind of funny, kind of sarcastic, cheeky. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceit, deceitfulness. Uh, and the other one on there is, is my wife's favorite verse, Job twenty nine twenty four. Job says, I smiled on them when they had no confidence. In the light of my face, they did not cast down. Here's your challenge. Find someone in your life that you can encourage every single day. Be intentional about encouraging, and your encouragement to them is going to cause the seed of God in them to grow. Telling you, this is 30 days. This is like boot camp, but for your spirit, man, and it will work. You'll get shredded 30 days. (laughs) Y'all are laughing. I hope you're taking notes, and I pray to God you do this, because there's grace to do this, okay? Okay, last one. Holy Spirit is the water. You can have all that. You can have fellowship and you can have the, the time in, in the presence of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is what makes it real. And I, I get that it's not this linear, but we're, we're using this parable to help you grasp it. Are you with me? I get that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So just, it's, a, it's like a parable, okay? Following the steps of my master. So, the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk, there's three quick things and then we'll wrap up. The Holy Spirit can actually fall on you like rain. Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Do it, Lord. So the Holy Spirit fell like rain through the preaching of the gospel. And I prayed that this morning. I prayed that the Spirit would fall on those hearing the gospel this morning, that, 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 that what you've been wrestling with, it, again, picture that apple tree, that glorious apple tree, this is what I do, I, I have to do this, otherwise I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me, picture that apple tree, just with its branches spread wide, and, and it begins to, this dark cloud begins to form, and it begins to rain, and it just, it just sits there and receives And God's design begins to take over. Do you get the picture? There's this giving, and then there's this design that takes over through the giving and the receiving. This is the Christian life. God gives. We receive. Fruit happens. It's so simple. Okay? So the Holy Spirit can fall upon you, Acts nineteen six. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them. So there's something about when someone filled with God puts his hands on someone else, the Holy Spirit came into that person. It's it's a it's a again, it's a spiritual physics. These are things you can see in the word. That's why in Acts 19, Paul laid hands. They brought him uh, aprons and cloths and Paul put his hands on them and the spirit of God was able to inhabit clothing. And they took that clothing to people who were demon possessed and sick and those people encountered the tangible spirit of God. It's not this ethereal thing. The Holy Spirit's real. He's a person and he's he's the substance of God on the earth. You realize Jesus is not on the earth anymore and the Father's not, but the Holy Spirit is. Like, Like we literally have physical God living inside of us tangibly in these temples. Yeah, four of you know that. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. <laughs> Next, so again, th- this is partnering with his design. The water. This is how you how you water your seed. You can drink of the Spirit, and you can be filled of the Spirit. First Corinthians twelve thirteen says, "You know, you can drink the Spirit." Ephesians five twenty nine or five eighteen says, "Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit through." Through drinking. You say, Well, how do I drink of the Spirit? I believe you get in environments that are saturated with the Spirit of God in worship and you just begin to receive. It's it's again, it's a receiving, it's a drinking, it's communing and ingesting the spirit. For more information or to get connected, visit us online at Normandychurch.com.